What's going on, everyone? Back for another episode of the NFL Weekly Wrap-Up on the Michael Clark Podcast. This is very late in the week. Uh, there were some def- definitely some technical difficulties. As in specifically, I had caught the flu, man. I had the, uh, what do you call it? I had a fever. Ears was clogged up. I had a mad headache. I was stuck inside the quantum realm. I couldn't get out. Man, I had the, I had the chills. It's like... For me, my whole life, I've always had a bad flu. When I catch the flu, it's full gazing. You know what I'm saying? It's it's an ugly situation, man. So for everybody that's going through a little something, something, if y'all listen to this podcast, I appreciate it. Go ahead, go grab some tea, some lemon and some tea. Big shout out to Mr. Mitchell. He gave me some uh he gave me this Jamaican drink. You know, the real Jamaicans back home, from home, from Yad, from the Yad, you know, that's how they say. That's how the Jamaicans and chat say. You know, put some rum in there. That stuff was stronger than any Theraflu, any medicine I done had, you know? And it had me sweating out. I just had to wrap myself up like a burrito, and that was it. And your boy, you know, he's he's backed up by 80%. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? So, it helped a little bit. But moving on, this is, like I said, it's very inappropriate, technically. This is really into week three, although the wrap-ups are always into the following week. But this is, you know, the day before week three, man. So I'm definitely going to get this this, this pushed in and, and going in before work. And with that being said, as, as I always try to say in my podcast, I'm going to try to keep everything simple with just a tad bit of perspective that, you know, doesn't hold too much bias of my favorite players or those god-awful Minnesota Vikings. We'll, of course, start off in order with the Thursday night game, which was an NFC South rival matchup between the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Panthers, for the most part, surprisingly ended up losing 20-14 with a controversial call on fourth down where Christian McCaffrey took a direct snap and was stopped before getting to the end zone. To me, that is a... That is a... You know, that's a red flag. And then also on top of that, although I don't want to, you know, beat the drum too hard, but Cam and I'm missing a practice and they're going to end up addressing that. So we're going to see how all this unfolds, man. He's not healthy. You know, he's not healthy overall. He shouldn't have been playing. That's just me personally. Three, four years ago, Cam, he's, they're down that up and he's jumping over the line like he's Superman. Or like he's Michael Jordan. He's dunking on someone. So he's not healthy. I've always said if you turn a man that has assets in terms of running and evading time in the pocket into solely just a pocket quarterback, he's not, he's not going to be within his nature. You can't tell a Honda to get in a drag race. You can't tell a stock Honda to get in a drag race with a with a Hellcat. That just doesn't make sense. The Panthers they made a bad decision from an organizational standpoint. Once he had got that high that high ankle sprain, I would have just had him down till he's about ninety ninety five percent. You know, obviously I can't wait till he's a hundred because by then, you know we're gonna mess up the whole season. But you guys are already on two as it is. You already last in the division. <laughs> and you already lost two games at home. Can't get much worse than that. Well, it could Cam could be out, you know, career ending or season ending. But the point is, they should have waited, man. Me personally. Yeah, I would have just waited. Because Cam hasn't shown he's been a pocket QB since his MVP year. And even then he still ran for about eight, nine tubs, I believe so. So why would you do that? But but that's neither here or there. Now, watching the game, I don't want to come off, like I said, as, you know, can't be in the sole reason. It's not, obviously, a quarterback is only as good as his offensive line and his surrounding parts. Daryl Williams, he got to hold that L. North Turner, definitely. He gave up really three sacks to Shaquille Barrett by himself, man. And those are all three Tampa Bay sacks. <laughs> 
Nor, I mean, you could have threw a tight end over there. You could have threw McCaffrey just to chip him before he goes out on a, on a, on a route or something, man. You got to do better than that, man. You've been around the game. You've been around too many greats to, you know, not know how to orchestrate a game plan, especially once you feel your line's getting overwhelmed. Now, mind you, Darrell Williams isn't a trash lift. He's not a trash tackle. I just wonder if he's taking some time to get adjusted to the left side. Maybe Taylor Moten might have been better served going to the left side instead of uh, D. Will. So, you know, we'll see how that goes later on in the season, man. But starting on 2 is definitely a bad sign. Moving on forward, we got Luke, Uncle Luke Keekley. He did his thing as usual, wrapping up 17 tackles, looking like he's in his prime form. The pass rush did do better for Carolina. Ricky Brian Burns got his first career sack. Don Terry Poe got his first career sack. And they also had two others chipping in for half a sack each. Greg Olson looked like he looked like uh, prime Geo. Six grass for 110 yards, no touchdowns. He looked a little late for the Panthers receiving core. But to me, what stood out more than anything was just the imbalance they had on offense, man. I know they couldn't get going with, with C-Mac, but you throw it 51 times versus running the Rock 19 times. Talk about having the recipe for success. <laughs> Tampa, on the other hand, ran the ball 31 times against 25, so that's pretty balanced for the most part. It helped James keep himself in check, not to make too many crazy throws. Peyton Barber, he earned all his yards, man. He had 23 he had 23 toes for 82 yards. Chris Godwin had himself a nice day. Eight grass for 121 yards in the tub. Mike Evans had a decent day, um, not for his standards, of course, but he had four catches for 61. So, you know, the defense is obviously zeroing in on him. But, yeah, man, like I said, this isn't a good thing. They already have a loss in the division. Um... Remember, people, this is the 16 games in the NFL season. Each one counts, ladies and gents. Tampa is surprisingly one and one. I thought Tampa was going to be the, you know, the 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 boo boo fest of the league, but you know, they told me, they told me, uh, in the more more Sean Lick Lynch. Oh, but you know. Moving on to the Sunday games, of course. Uh, Niners travel to Cincy. Shout out to my co-worker, Gentle Son. He's a Niners fan. Only the Niners fans I know in the world. Um, and long story short, they put it on him. Final, final count was 41-17. to 17. Jimmy G led the way. Jimmy Porno. <laughs> in the words of uh, Stephen A. Smith, Jimmy Porno led the way three tubs in a pick. And talk about establishing a run, man. He ran it 42 times for 259 yards on the Bengals. Well, absolutely no remorse. In the words of Deion Primetime Sanders, if you ball, you get the call. And don't be fooled. Niners, they got weapons. Most of the talent is on the younger side, obviously, excluding the running backs. But, you know, they got Debo Samuels. He had five Five catches for 82 yards in the tub. Jalen Hurd hasn't even gotten going yet. That's going to be scary because that dude's really a running back playing receiver. And he has that mentality. Of course, the ever-so-lasting, ever-so-fasting, explosive Flash Goodwin, Marquise Goodwin out of UT, Texas Boss Hogs. He had three catches for 77 yards in the tub. You know. And if it wasn't any more evident for teams within the NFC West, they have another Swiss RP knife running back they have to deal with. Raheem Mostart, running back out of Purdue, has 16 touches for 150 yards and a touchdown through the air. It's like they had McKinnon, they had Coleman, they got this guy now. They got they they're going out with four running backs. I forgot they got um uh, Matt Breida. Like Shanahan, how many backs do you need, bro? I think Shanahan's on his New England Part Two joint. That's all it is. He on he on his New England Part Two tip. That's all. That's all it is. You know that's cool though. I like that. Now, on the flip side of the defensive side, the defense was able to pounce on the red BB gun to Andy Dalton, pressuring him successfully for four total sacks and essentially shutting down the run with eight tackles for loss. Man, so they was all over him. The 49ers move on to 2-0 in the season, surprisingly. 
and are here to compete in the NFC West. On the other side of the ball for the Bengals fans, this may be a time to turn off the podcast in all honesty. Andy Dalton, I'll say this clearly as of right now, and I've been felt this way his whole time, his whole career. He isn't the problem, nor is he the solution. So you can take that how you want. Can they win with him and A.J. Green? Of course. Can they lose with him and no A.J. Green? Absolutely. But if you look at the production from this game alone, he had two guys that topped over 100 yards in John Ross and Tyler Boyd. Now, I do understand Joe Mixon was shut down on the ground, so it forces Dalton to be in a bad spot where it doesn't necessarily maximize his talent and his strengths. But the time, it may be coming for a reboot in Cincy, primarily at the quarterback position. And and if when I say quarterback, it might sound weird because my nose is still a little clogged up, so it didn't come up properly. But that's just me. I think they can improve at that position. You know, maybe time to get a whole new head coach. Who knows? But at this point, the Bengals, they may be fighting for last place with the Steelers in the division at this point in the AFC North. So we'll see how that turns out. Next game was somewhat as a surprise as the Chargers lost a stunner in Detroit versus the Lions. And honestly, I had no idea they even lost this game until after uh, Sunday. That shows you how much I care about the uh, Chargers and the and the Lions, that incompetent franchise. Anyways, I'm sorry, I'm just a Vikings fan telling my honest opinion. But uh, the Lions, they just came off a, a tie with Ricky QB, led Arizona Cardinals, of course, and Kyler Murray. The Chargers started the game off right, leading 10-6 at the half. It looked like Austin Eckler was going to have himself a day again. But there was no way Matthew Stafford wouldn't lead a comeback charge at home. As this game got ugly in all honesty. Both teams can buy for just one sack as neither team can get a respective running game started on top of that. Which hopes to be a game both sides can build off of. I'm sure they are both happy to not face any serious injuries. Leaving this game. And not witness. Winless, excuse me. But... Overall, it's not too much to be said about this game. Matthew Stafford, he's a fighter, man. He's still at this point in his career top five arm strength in the league. Chargers, they're going to underperform this year, man, with the whole Melvin Gordon situation overlooming the team. Um, they just better pray Austin Eckler doesn't get hurt. I know Justin Jackson, he I ain't going to say he nice just yet. I mean, he is in the league. He better than me, of course. I ain't going to say he's, like, nice, but he all right, you know. So, I can see a situation, and this is the fantasy um, This is the fantasy team leader and not the podcast and not the um, the logical sport expert himself and Michael Clark. This is just me as my fantasy team because Melvin Gordon, he just out here riding on my bench. But uh, I can see a situation, hopefully, faithfully, praying that he can come back this year and that he can light it up for your boy. So, yeah, that's it. Another game, which I won't make too personal, was my Minnesota Vikings taking on our arch nemesis Green Bay Packers. We don't have any bigger rival outside of the Green Bay Packers. There isn't a player I know what is capable outside of Tom Brady more than Aaron Rodgers. I see him twice a year for the last at least 10 years or so, a dozen years, yeah. And sure enough, this time around, Aaron Rodgers has a solid defense. Not gonna say they're elite. Not gonna say they're great. They, they're a solid defense. They're better than their that their defense last year, in the last few years actually. So take it with a grain of salt. Oh yeah, and they have a decent running back, who I've been noticing since he's came into the league. Can you say a dangerous team come playoff time? Perhaps. Hmm. Who knows? I hate to admit it, but as long as the, as twelve is in green and gold, can stay healthy, they will remain a problem. A-Rod had a pedestrian game to his standards. He was 22 or 34, so that's okay, accurate. 209 yards and two tough tubs. But the real surprise, of course, was Aaron Jones rolling off for a buck 16, as if the Vikings defense resides in Miami. Now, I don't, you know, 
I I have decent faith with my team this year. I just don't have enough. Um, on a side note, but I know we have a good defense. I just feel like I feel like our window closed. Honestly, unless unless Kirk Cousins takes another step, I feel like our our window closed, and that breaks my heart every day waking up in the morning after I pray that you know I know our our window is closed as a team. We had we had you know we had arguably the best defense a few years ago for a couple of years really. We had all pros, pro bowlers on all three levels. You know, I'm not going to be that depressed Vikings fan. We're going to get into the rest of this, man, so I can clean this out and um, just finish this podcast out hard, man, because it breaks my heart every day. But anyways, Devontae Adams, he did his thing as usual, man. Um, seven catches, 106 yards, eating up, um, eating up, I'm sure, Trey Waynes and getting the best of X, Xavier Rhodes. The defense didn't go off statistically, but outside of getting burned on the ground, I mean, they did their part. And speaking of doing their part, Mr. 80 mil guaranteed himself. Kirk Cousins needs to perform better. I'm 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 tired of this man. He's just throwing some dumbass interceptions just to be playing like this, bro. Like, bro, we're paying you too much guaranteed money. We even paying you money. We're paying you too much guaranteed money. That's that's no ifs, ands, or buts. Outside of that dime he dropped to Stephon Diggs and that Dalvin Cook effort of 75 yards, our offense is bad. Dylan couldn't get in the groove. Kyle Witten's son, excuse me, Jason Witten's son, Kyle Rudolph couldn't get in the groove, man. You know, I'm not quite getting Andy Dalton vibes from Kirk Cousins just yet. Cause I have seen him hit some comeback in some game, not game winners, but some just some, you know, some, yeah, game winning drives. I've seen him do some comeback victories, you know, in DC. I just haven't seen that fire he's had when he was in Washington quite yet, you know. But it remains to be seen. Who knows? We Vikings are gonna end up winning the Super Bowl this year. Who, who will be surprised? Me, of course. Anyways, Daniel Hunter continues to do his thing off the edge, racking up a sack along with Big Linval Joseph recording a sack for our unit as well. Things get tricky seeing how we dropped a game within our division with two matchups still looming from Chicago to make things worse. So, we'll see how things go, man. Packers are 2 and no leading divisions. My worst nightmare, and the Vikings are 1-1 one one in the middle of the pack. Go figure. Moving on to an AFC matchup, division rivals. Colts versus Titans in a smash mouse game with the Colts prevailing on the road in a 19-17 win. I wasn't quite a huge supporter of Jacoby Brissett post-Angelo retirement, and I can't fold on y'all because then if I do, who will take me seriously? So I got to stick to my words. My word is my bond. But in a microcosm, he balled on a Sunday, minus interception, thrown for three tubs, although only thrown for 146 yards. Outside the 54-yard run from Wilkins, the running back, the Colts run game was shut down. I'm sure they felt inspired knowing Mar- Marlon, uh, excuse me, Marlon, Marlon. Knowing Marlon Mack put on his best Edger and James impersonation the week prior versus the Chargers, so I'm sure they came into this on the pre, excuse me, last Sunday knowing that wasn't going to happen. They wasn't having none of that. The Colts defense's quietest kept was nasty. On Sunday, counted for four sacks, six and a half tackles for loss, man. So that's a beefy little defense they got going over there in Indy. Indy K. The Colts defense, I think they're going to finish the year as a top 10 defense, man. Don't quote me. Um, don't, even, don't even hit me up. None of my coworkers, none of my family members, don't do that. Don't even hit me up on that. I'm not just talking nonsense, but I'm just saying, like, it's a good possibility they might end up top 10. We're going to bring it back. They're going to end up a top 15 defense, man. They got, they got ballers, man. Malik Hooker's back, the fortified secondary. You know, I call him the baby Ed Reed for a reason. Y'all seen that one-hand pick, so. And you seen his rookie year, he's balling out before he got hurt, so I'm going to leave it at that. Mariota, he had a Mariota-like game. He had 180 yards total with a tub, man. Also, the ever-so-tough-to-tackle Derrick Henry counted for 90-plus yards and 17 touches and a touchdown. So this was a really grinded-out game for Tennessee. 
Now, their defense wasn't entirely awful, racking up three sacks and three tackles for loss, but they weren't quite on the coast level in terms of being that disruptive. And maybe being that disruptive was just, uh, you know, what separated the teams from winning. Both teams are now tied at one on one. Obviously, recording this podcast, I know the Titans uh, took another L, so they're one and two. And we'll wrap up, we'll touch up on that. Week three, um, wrap up. But, uh, yeah, man, look out for the Colts. Maybe Andy, maybe Andy, Andy B, you're on to something, bro. Perhaps you're on to something. I'm still sticking to my guns. If the stuff starts going left, it's going to go down in a hurry. Mark my words. Now, on to the disappointment of Sunday. Dun, dun, dun. I need to get a little um, sound thing to go with that. That would be dope. Miami somehow decided to one of their performance from week one versus Lamar and the Ravens and gave up 43 points without even recording a field goal at home. Despicable. Tom Brady, A.B. got on the same page early and often. Which, at the time, past tense, should make defenses very scary going forward. But, of course, we're going to touch on that news of A.B. towards the end of this. With Miami seemingly clearing the house, they're clearly on tank for two to watch, man. This is just as evident as it is. And I feel so bad for Josh Rosen. He should have just went back to school for his senior year, man. He's just being dealt as if he just, like, wasn't a first rounder. Like, I don't understand this. But I do understand this. No, let's let's reword that. We're gonna bring it all the way back. We're gonna reel that in. We ain't going fishing just quite yet. I'm disappointed in how he's being treated, but I I understand why he's being treated because of his talent level, and also because he doesn't have the staff that had him there. That's ultimately what it boils down to. Um, I choose Kyler Murray over him anyway, any day of the week. But let's. Focus on this. Let's focus on this. Miami just traded away Minka for first. At this point, Miami is simply racing themselves to see how many first-rounders can they acquire before the trade deadline. They're having a race against themselves, pretty much. New England moves on the 2-0, no surprise. Miami's not most likely going to be in the dumps this year. 1-15, perhaps? Hmm, we'll see. Of course, Antonio Brown got released. And uh, that's another L for my fantasy team, man. So it looks like I'm probably not even going to get to the playoffs in my thing, man. It's, it's getting ugly out here for your boy, man. Melvin Gordon still ain't playing. Antonio Brown, I doubt he's going to play this year. I think his season is over. I do not think his career is over since this is civil and since they're only looking for money out of him. Um, but I think his 19-20 season is definitely over. And the fact that no one will let him go, that speaks volumes to me. You know, I know they're a first-class organization, but I mean... If we're just being honest, their owner just went through the whole massage sex therapy thing, you know, with the the sex workers and the massage joint. I don't think they want too much more attention on the organization. And that's, you know, I understand that's their business. They got to keep it clean cut as possible. But I just don't think they need any more. In the, in the words of Ghost and Tommy from Power, it's the, the spot is too hot. That's it. It's too hot. So for them to come over there and start, you know, bringing him in, and it's like more stuff coming in, more stuff coming in. It's like he got dropped by Nike, of course. Now, I do hate from the standpoint, I'm going to keep it very short with y'all because we definitely got more games to cover. I do hate the fact that these are allegations and he's facing so many of these things without it being proven true or false. Do I think he did it? Uh, I don't think he raped none of these women. I definitely do believe he had, you know, he, you know, he, he got down. He got busy with them. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm sure he gave a pipe to a couple of them. Um, but I don't think, like, I don't think it was nothing like he really, like, pinned them women down against their will and was like, you going, you know what I'm saying? I don't think it was no situation like like um Jada Pinkett and um and set it off. I don't think it was nothing like that. Like, actually, I do think it was something like that. Excuse me. Yeah, I think it was like the Jada Pinkett joined and set it off. Excuse me. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't no thing where, like, 
they was just out there, you know, he was just out bombarding females on some Bogart type stuff. No, nah, you know, I think it was mutual consent. Um, shout to OG Gilbert Arenas. He was saying the same thing on his podcast, too. Pretty much, you know, like, he he might have went past a few pumps, but it wasn't like, it was already like, all right, I came in your house unwillingly. I strapped you down. I took all your clothes off. And then we did what it did. All he did was, you know, I'm sure he might have went a couple pumps to to pass his limit. Not his limit, but, you know, her desired limit. You know, maybe she was uncertain or, you know, but it could possibly be extortion on one hand. Because if it's not criminal, obviously they don't have enough to, you know, to prove that it was criminally based. A criminal charge for him to go, go down in the box. This is a civil, you know. Things will add up, but, you know. Hopefully the situation is clear for Antonio Brown because he's 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 literally lost thirty mil guarantee. I'm not saying he's broke, but he lost thirty mil guarantee from Oakland. I think he got five mil because he he had signed his bonus. Yeah, he got the nines for signing bonus, but five was due, and he, I think he already got that on past Monday. But um, because you know if you pay, if you play, you gotta. If you play, they gotta pay. So that's it with that one, man. Um, like I said, we hopefully doesn't that situation is cleared up. But um, New England's two on all. Miami's down in the dumps. On to another AFC East member, the Buffalo Bills. Surprisingly, Loki put that smackdown on the New York Giants, man. And for those that who have no idea, yes, the Bills do play football in New York. <laughs> I can't quite say Josh Allen is progressing, but I can't quite say he is regressing. So he's still in that middle tier. I'm sure in Jalen Ramsey's eyes, he's still trash, but, you know, to each his own. At this point, we're going to just continue to sit back and watch and wait for that moment that he takes that next leap to the top 15. He, in terms of overall talent amongst quarterbacks in the NFL, in terms of like just straight up just talent, gifts and all that, yeah, he's top 10. Yeah, he's top 10. He might be like in that five to eight range, honestly. In terms of his ability to, you know, run and then his arm power, a.k.a. arm talent to all the, you know, those um, analysts on TV, he's up there. I think I'm not even being generous enough. He could be top five because, yeah, he's up there. The point is, we're going to just continue to sit back. Like I said, we're going to wait for everything, man. Moving on more into the depth into the game. The everlasting Frank Gore had the hit stick. He had the Madden hit stick of the week. My Lord. Talk about low man, low man wins. Still looking like a young Frank Gore and San Fran. Doing this thing out there, boy. Frank, I'm so proud of you, dog. Holding it down for the you, man. If y'all didn't know, man, I'm a big Miami fan. You know what I'm saying? Ain't doing too good, so I don't speak too much about it like that, but... Growing up, I was a big Miami fan, especially when I started playing football in the backyard and all that stuff, dog. Um, but yeah, man. I wonder how many Giants fans is questioning the direction of this team, especially after, you know, specifically with the GM, man. Is he going to get fired this year? Is he going to get fired next year? Like, what's going to happen, man? Saquon is the only bright spot on the team. That's it. Eli's been watched for years, and they still decide to hold on to him for what reason. I don't understand. Maybe they're trying to buy time. But Eli, he's not it no more, man. He's been buns for years. The worst thing that happened to Eli was Odell getting drafted there and developing to the superstar talent that he is. You know why? Because he started masking those issues with Eli. All those open... I don't think y'all really quite remember. That year Carolina went to the Super Bowl, that game versus Josh Norman... The year Josh Norman, the only year that he became an elite cornerback, because that year after in Redskins, he he missed the boat with me once he didn't guard Antonio Brown that game. That's it. Josh Norman was only elite for one year in Carolina. His last year in Carolina. He would have still been reigned elite had he stayed. But everything got messed up once he went and switched and was switched to a whole different team. The point I'm trying to say is out of all out of all the matchups he had that year, and he had a lot of good matchups. Obviously, he had Julio twice. Um, I believe he didn't have, and I think he might. No, I don't think he had. Yeah, he might have time. I don't know. 
DMX, leave me alone, bro. Point is, shout out to all my dogs. The point is, the only matchup he really got exposed, or he didn't even get, he was going to get exposed, like, all the way. Because I think Odell still had a touchdown, and he did the Iverson over um, Ty Lu moment on him. He, he couldn't handle Odell's shiftiness. And even that year after they met, when he went to D.C. and they played the Giants, he can't, like, like Julio has shiftiness for his size. He has elite shiftiness for his size. Odell has just elite shiftiness, period. You know what I'm saying? Like, he has soccer, he has a soccer player shiftiness, but in football. That's rare. He just has shiftiness. Like, you look at Saquon, for example, his ex-teammate. Super shifty, right, for his size. He, I, he might be pretty close in that department, too. But the point is, Odell, just he's just a different beast, bro. So I don't understand why they would. I would never. I would never. I don't understand how the owner paid this man just for him to trade him. It's like Gittleman has something against them. Do I think they could have, like, they could have they could have had Odell calm down. They just didn't have the right man to really be there and, and like, talk to him. You know what I'm saying? That's all it is. And who gets tired of, who gets, I'm tired of losing. They're going to be in a predicament in a few years. Mark my words. They're going to pay Saquon a boatload of money. Because you know why? They won't have a choice. This 31 mil guarantee they got going to them right now, they won't have a choice. They're going to pay him a boatload of money. He might be the first back to carry. He might, he's probably going to get 60, anywhere from 60 to 80 guaranteed. He's going to have to. The way with the cap going up, his talent level, his production, what they have around him, they're going to have to. They could have had they could have had the best running back, and they could have they could have had the best. The Giants could have been in the situation where they could have had the best running back and possibly the best receiver in the NFL in a few years, for the next like at least like, you know obviously you know you can't really tell talent in terms of like middle school cats they're going to be in the NFL in the, you know eight years or so. They could have had, or excuse me, high schoolers, freshmen at this point. Point is they could have had the best running back and the best receiver in the league. And they still could have had Daniel Jones, and they could have been all right. Because Daniel Jones, I think he really is an Eli-type guy, just with more mobility. But, yeah, New York, he screwed it. Um, Buffalo will move on to 2-0, surprisingly. Like I said, Giants, they're going to be in the dumps, man. I would have just drafted a good player this year, let Eli stink it up, kept Odell, you know what I'm saying? And then tank for Tua or Justin Herbert, because... Um, I don't know what you're thinking. Another NFC notable was on full display was the most hated Dallas Cowboys facing off against one of their not only enemy but division rival Washington Redskins. Although it was only a 10-point difference, the game felt like a blowout for me. For majority of the game, Dallas controlled DC on the ground and through the air. This version of the Cowboys should be viewed as contenders for the Super Bowl. As this O-line goes... Dak Prescott will follow. On the other end of the spectrum, Washington has a flurry of obstacles they have to hurdle, including their running back position that was once viewed as a positive and a strength, obviously, going to this season. And it's now looking like a negative, especially with the bench of Adrian Peterson that doesn't really help out the locker room situation and also disgruntles your running back. And, of course, the injury to, uh, to sophomore running back Darius Geis in week one. AD, he did pass... Jim Brown on the all-time version list, but that should have happened a week earlier and we all be in room. Which is a rare feat and it's an overlooked accomplishment. So hats off to AD, man. Been watching this dude since Oklahoma. Should have won the Heisman his, his freshman year over Matt Lyon. I still feel he got robbed and that was over like 15 years now, I think. My no, that's bad math. Like 12 years or so. Yeah, it's been about 12, 13, no, no, excuse me. Yeah, 13, 14 years. Right that time frame. We're going to call between 12 and 15, but he got robbed, man. So, Dallas is moving on to 2-0, leading the division, while D.C. is at the bottom of the barrel at 0-2. Definitely going to touch on Dallas a little bit more. I have some surprising and uncomfortable news for, for those fans within the NFC East and NFL in general. What I'm going to say is very alarming, and I don't like it at all, but I'm just calling off what I see. D.C. is in trouble. Um... 
Haskins is probably going to be thrown out there in a minute, but I do like the options they have, surprisingly. A tight end, what they have with the rookie from Ohio State, Terry McLaurin. You know, I think Jay Gruden needs to be fired. You know, that's me personally. I think they need a new guy in there, but you don't want to fire someone for someone that's already worse than the, the guy you already have. So, you know, maybe he could put his ego to the side and get Adrian Rowan again because he showed last year he still has juice left. I don't think he took off that much time from last year to this year. If Jay Gruden was a football savant that he's supposed to be, he's supposed to be able to understand AP lost a whole year of football. Yeah, well, he really lost two and a half years. So he's not technically that old in terms of running back life. So he still has some juice, man. I think this year obviously will be the last year he can really churn out some really positive yards before he turns into Emma Smith in Arizona. So the remain will be seen. The best, perhaps, is yet to come for the Redskins. Another tight game with a, with a, excuse me, I'm not even going to say a bit because that's going to undersell this whole thing. Another tight game with a major plot twist for both teams was Seattle. Steelers game. That resulted in Seattle winning 28-26. And I think that was a that's that's gonna be one of their major calling cards for the Seahawks this season. Obviously, the major headline was Big Ben being lost for the rest of the season with an elbow injury. Now, for me, the bigger question is he's gonna retire. Will he retire? I think Ben got another year, man. This team ain't going nowhere. At least not this year. Excuse me, I think you drink my lemon tea before I go to work. This team ain't going nowhere. That's as simple as that, y'all. This team ain't going nowhere. Let's not fool nobody. Let's not get nobody Super Bowl aspirations going high. This team is not going anywhere. They might be. They a. Drink some tea to this. Pittsburgh tank for two. And for those that don't understand what I'm saying, tank for Tua is just a phrase I'm putting out there for, um, obviously, Alabama's quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa. He has the possibility to enter next year's draft. And he's most likely going to be the most heralded quarterback prospect in the whole draft. To me, I think he's probably the safest pick. The point is, for Seahawks, this is more so taking care of business, no matter who the other team trots out there. They're moving on two and all tied with the Rams at the top of their division. Seahawks, they might get in as that wild card because I think the Rams is definitely the better team, although the Seahawks have the better quarterback. We're going to see, man. This is a beautiful thing with football. We're going to see how this is going to turn out. It's going to get good. The Baltimore Ravens then faced off against the Arizona Cardinals in what was potentially the showcase of how future NFL quarterbacks will look in Kyler Murray against Lamar Jackson. It took Lamar a week, but he finally showcased off the the run ability, his running ability, excuse me, that he has and that he already showed he obtained from last season. While still so far showing he's an improved passer. Late in the game, he dropped... Might be the diamond of the week, but it was a, it was really a, it was a nominee essentially for diamond of the week. He dropped a he dropped a when I tell you he dropped that ball in that bread basket. That's the best throw I've seen Lamar making his whole life easily. It was a pass to Hollywood Brown man on the sideline to ice the game. Talk about mama mentality. The Ravens are in a prime position as long as Lamar can play average to above average. Passing wise for a man of the season. It's looking like it's gonna come down to Baltimore and Cleveland. I might have to give the edge to Baltimore until Baker can show me otherwise. Although I have my faith for Browns, it's going down a little bit, but we'll see. So it has to be played out on the field. The Cardinals are one of the last the least talented teams in the league, so it's no surprise if they, you know, open attended. Surprise! Surprise! Some teams this year while taking on Brendan the onslaught from other teams throughout the year. 
I think ultimately Arizona needs to unleash Kyler a little bit on the feet more, man, to help out the running game in, in total. And of course, in a play action game with uh, with David Johnson. The Cardinals move on to 0 1 1, which is somehow better than 0 2. Meanwhile, the Ravens are 2 0 at the top of their division. Surprisingly. And looking like they're going to be a threat. Because there's no team that can stop Lamar from running. There's not one man that can stop him from running. And it's for sure not going to be a team that can stop him once he learns how to throw. So watch out. Watch out, NFL defenses. He's coming. Jacksonville and Houston. This game went down to the wire at another AFC South slugfest with the Texans coming out on top 13-12 after that Monday night throw this past week, two weeks ago actually on the opening week, weekend or per se, on the opening Monday night. We'll just leave it at that. Versus New Orleans. Now, if things going to be worse somehow, losing this game when they had a good chance to win, even with backup QB Gardner Minshew, the rookie who's looking like a perhaps a steal for the Jaguars. And as once my OG once told me, having two quarterbacks is worse than having one. Having two quarterbacks mean you have no quarterback. Ha 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 ha. Jalen Ramsey and Doug Marone butt heads and is now seeking a trade. He's arguably the best corner in the league to me outside of Patrick Peterson. Yeah, I say Pat Pete. Yeah, I'm comfortable saying that. It just doesn't make sense if he plays. Obviously, we saw him play 75 snaps. It doesn't make sense because if he gets hurt, and what? You guys want to squash the beat? Although, you should. You're both grown men. But at the same time, this this whole thing going on down in Jacksonville is looking, man. Fournette, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't want to play there no more. It's just looking bad overall, man. Their window closed so fast. Maybe... Maybe Foles, Foles the, the GOAT, could come back and resurrect their team. Who knows, man? We'll see. Me, personally, the coach would have to go with dealing with, instead of the player, in this situation. I can go find another coach, but I can't go find another corner at this level. I know that sounds crazy, but that's just me, personally. Whether the coach is right or wrong... This team just has too much talent. Obviously, Telvin Smith's not playing this year. He's handling himself outside of football. My prayers go out to him and his family, whatever they're dealing with. But at the same time, they still got that front four with that rookie that's coming off the edge looking crazy. They still got 41 reasons. They got second-year safety Ronnie Harrison out there looking like he's going to be decent. They still had the same formula. They paid most of that O-line. They got Fournette out there. They still got Marquise Lee, Inglewood. They still got D.D. Westbrook. They got a little bit of weapons, man. Keenan Cole. I mean, they just got to put it together at this point, man. They look like they got a backup quarterback or possibly trade bait if they you know if they end up learning how to really finesse this, this QB situation they have like New England does. Get some value out of him. Or just trade Foles, get some value out of him altogether or do something. Figure it out. Cook, clean up. Do something. In the words of Smokey. So... We're we going to see what's going to happen, man. But um, this is, too, just, to me, watching football a lot of these years, man, this is just too eerie for me because it's like, this reminds me when, I don't know if too many people really remember, but this reminds me when uh, Tom Coughlin was in New York. And you could kind of see, like, the team was falling, falling apart. Like, they were still a decent team. They were still producing, but it's like, like, slowly but surely, they was just, like, falling apart. It was just like... It's weird. It's like they was kind of deteriorating, but then they would like start winning Super Bowls. But then they was like kind of deteriorate again. Dudes would get rumbling like, oh, man, coach got us running too much. Man, he got us to practice. Whoop de whoop, blah, say blah. The next thing you know, oh, we winning, man. I love, I love Coach Tom Coughlin. I don't know. I don't think Doug Marone got enough of that steelo like Tommy does. But that's just me. Jags move on to 0-2. And enter perhaps, you know, 
at the time when this happened, week two, they were going to enter themselves in the Tua sweepstakes. But they ended up winning, so we'll touch on that, of course, in week three. Man, whew. Finally moving on to the afternoon games. The Bears escaped the Broncos on the road. I don't really care about my rival division, so I'm not going to touch on this too much, fan. So if you're a Bears or Broncos fan, sorry, not sorry. I really don't care. But I do care enough to record this. So with that being said, the Bears escaped. I know I just said it, but I got to put a real emphasis on that, man, because you want to talk about you want to talk about Michelle Kwan was out there on that football field, man. Emmanuel Sanders had a toe tap. He had one of the most elegant, mesmerizing toe taps I've been seen in a long time, man. So, you know, shout out to Emmanuel, man. I know he just tore his Achilles. You know, he's coming back. You know what I'm saying? And it looks like he's going to be doing his thing, man. So big ups to, big ups to all players coming back from serious injuries, man. I know those things are scary and know it's real, man. And, of course, the Bears found the kicker, so that makes it even way worse for the Vikings. So that sucks. Won the game on expiring kick. Broncos move on on two. Maybe it's time to put in that rookie QB, see what he got, man. Or maybe, you know, Joe Flacco isn't the problem. But who knows? We'll see. Bears one and one. I wish they was old. I wish they was I wish they was old. Oh and two. That's how much I dislike the Bears. But we're gonna move on. Moving on to the the Redskins and the uh the Redskins and the uh Raiders, man. You know. I just wanna give a I just wanna give out I, man, I wish I had some henny or some some beer to pour out for all my all my all, all my loved ones, all my, my my co-workers, all my managers, man. Shout out to shout out to Patrick, aka JJ from Good Times looking ass nigga. Shout out to my boy Chari, man. I know he's a Raiders fan too. Shout out to um my boy, one of my brothers, my good friends. Shout out to Troy Douglas, the third man. You know, I know you've been a Raiders fan. You know, I know it's hard. I'm trying to think of all the OG Cholos. I know that's Raider fans, man. Shout out to y'all. I know it's gonna be a long year, um, cause y'all getting swept by the Chiefs. If y'all didn't know that. But uh, yeah, man. I know this gonna be a it's gonna be a rough one for y'all to um, digest, man. Cause uh, this this one could have been way worse. This one could have been way worse. This one could have been ugly. But I'm just gonna get it down, and I'm gonna just you know what I'm saying just leave it at that. Mahomes put on a second quarter of a lifetime, man. It's something I ain't never seen before in my eyes, man. This this dude is this dude is just different. You know, like I said, man, I don't want to, you know, I'm not a Chiefs fan. I don't want to make it sound like I'm curtailing the dude. But this is just like. This dude is just different. Like. That's all I can say. This dude is, this man is different. He threw four touchdowns in the quarter. He should have had five touchdowns. That pass that they end up getting, that touchdown end up getting held back. For that holding call against Shady McCoy, it's like, bro, what what can't he do? I know he's not running for a thousand yards in a year, but it's like, what can't this man do physically with a football? At this point, for Casey, the question is, are they going to get Jalen Ramsey, and or will they be New England and get to the Super Bowl? Because that's that's pretty much what it's looking like. I got Baltimore beating them this weekend, man. Like, for me, it's always better to lose earlier in the season because that way you have, um, yeah, man, that way, yeah, it's better to lose early in the season, man. It's better to lose early in the season. It's way better to lose earlier in the season, man, me personally. Cause that way you ain't gotta worry about all oh, lost late in the seasons, kill my whole vibe. No, y'all lost early in the season. I got Baltimore winning. Y'all heard it here first <clears throat> or second, cause we did record the the Ravens and the AFC North podcast, so I could be lying. As I'm seeing right now, I think I got the Ravens winning, man. But it teaches on Raiders. Like I said, it's gonna be a long year, man. Um, 
once Gruden got hired, I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't see Derek Carr making it out of Oakland alive, man. I mean, technically, he's gonna make it out of Oakland alive because guess what? I I know this much. He ain't gonna be in Vegas. <laughs> I tell you that much. That man ain't gonna be in Vegas. That man is not going to be in Vegas. Guarantee he will not be in Vegas next next week or starting week one. Or two years, whatever. Whenever they're going to Vegas. He ain't going to be there. He might be gambling in Vegas, but he's not going to be Oakland Raider in Vegas. Guarantee that. The prime matchup before Sunday night game was the rematch, of course, of... Last year's NFC Championship game between the Saints and Rams. Now, just when you thought the rest couldn't make things worse, they did. Cam Jordan scooped up a fumble, and not only does he take an 80-yard plus to the house, they're at least 70, it's between 60 and 80 yards. My memory does serve correct. They blow the whistle mid-play. I don't understand why they would have done that, but they did. They did. Yeah. So... Whoever had the Saints defense, uh, I'm sure you're over here sick to your stomach, but um, prayers out to you guys. Hopefully things get better for you. I've never forgiven the Saints since they beat us in 2010 when Favre threw that stupid pass. Never forgiven them. Greg Willinger, the dirty defense coordinator. I wish you existed on Madden because I'd be doing the same thing you do to players if I could on Madden. Now, of course, things got worse. Things got worse for the poor. <laughs> Not that it doesn't bother me. I sleep well at night. Drew Brees injures his thumb. He couldn't even really pick up a football. So if he can't do that, he's going to be out at least a month. About four to six weeks, probably. Aaron Donald, he also hurt himself, but it looks like he might end up playing tomorrow. We're going to see how that goes, man. This division, this point is up for grabs, man. But then it's like, man, the Falcons, they're not even in rhythm. So I know for most teams, I know they just hoping like, okay, they don't get in rhythm. And you know what I'm saying? Uh, they don't get in rhythm. Once that happens, if the Falcons get in rhythm, I mean... Then it's really over. Cause they ain't in rhythm. Who's gonna stop the Falcons? The three deep receiver. Running back's pretty nice still. You know. And we go from there. So that's it, man. Saints could easily be 0-2, but I'm sure it will take the the modest one and one record. While the Rams are proving 2-0. We're gonna see how things are gonna turn up for both of these teams going forward. Moving on to the Sunday night game, man. This was a poop fest for any child listening, possibly. Game ball goes up to Falcons. Uh, it goes up to Falcons wide receiver Nelson Aguilar for the drop of the season. <laughs> Nash, I know you're listening. It's, it's truth, man. Aguilar's playing on two teams, two different contracts. Well, one and then one under the table, but you know, you know how it goes. Once got bamboozled, man, he was getting... He was getting bamboozled the whole game, not only by his teammates, but also by the defense of the Falcons, man. He had to leave at one point. You know, obviously didn't help losing Deshaun and Alshon Jeffrey. Falcons are an interesting place, man, because it seems like Kyle Shanahan just took their monster juice ever since he, uh, their monstar juice, excuse me, ever since he departed from to San Fran, man. They haven't been the same quite yet. Although Matt Ryan had a good year, their offense just hasn't been, like, in that zone, if you get what I'm saying. But we'll see what happens, man. Because Calvin Riggs, he's their second receiver, and they really got two number ones. And once he gets in the groove, it's a wrap. Julio's still doing Julio things, and he still is. Hats off to that guy. Both teams are one-on-one in the crowded NFC. So, of course, we'll see how things move on going forward, man. The Monday night game. uh, That one was... Yeah. That one was that. Uh, for me, that was that. Uh, 
That was hard to watch. Uh, unless you're like hoping that okay, Odell's gonna do something crazy. You know, that's pretty much all you're hoping for at this point. Like, is Odell gonna do something crazy? That's all. That's all it boils down to. It's like, what is Odell gonna do? <laughs> pretty much. What is Odell gonna do? And he showed his he showed himself off. Career long touchdown reception going to the house. It was a, it was an easy dub, man. Jets they lost Simeon, man. He had a nasty ankle injury. It wasn't one of the worst ones I've seen. It wasn't quite Gordon Hayward, but uh, he's gonna be out for the year. So they're back to their third stringer, and I don't even Lord knows who he is. But yeah. We're going to see what happens with the Browns this year, man, because they got too much talent to be just wasting away. Obviously, um, you know. Yeah, man, like I said, we're going to see what's going to happen with them. We're going to see what happens with them, man. We're going to see what happens with them for sure. Le'Veon Bell, two weeks in the season, I think he finally realized he's a Jet. That man, he was was tearing up out there, and it just broke my heart. Seeing a grown man cry again, guaranteeing Ian Mills out there crying because he's a Jet. He's on one of the worst teams in the league, and I understand, LB. He was just on his heels competing with the the Patriots. Y'all was just out there competing, and now you're not. You're competing with yourself, really, to see how much what your production can look like. That's pretty much it. So, praise up for LB, man. And with that being said, we're going to move on to the MD Power Rankings going into week three, man. So, let's get it. All right, y'all. We're going to wrap it up with this one. Like I said, I, won't be, I shouldn't be getting sick the rest of the year. So, you know. Let's go wrap it up with the MVP power rankings. These aren't accurate. These are just how I see things and how I see how they could potentially be voting if these three individuals continue their level of play going to the rest of the season. First thing, I'm going to start off at number three, and I'm definitely going to explain to these thoroughly. We got we got Dak Prescott at number three. Um, He's... Right now, this is looking like this is looking like Dak from his rookie year, but he took a step a step higher. Now, of course, you know he's got a he's got about as a clean pocket. He's got a clean pocket as I think. He's got one of the cleanest pockets I've seen in my life, man. I'm gonna just leave it at that. This this pocket he got going on, man. This little thing he got going on with that O line is looking, is looking, is looking nasty out there, man. In a good way. I mean that in a, an awesome, a wholesome way. That 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 line he got out there. Listen, if this line can give him just fourteen games, he's he might have a good shot at winning MVP. If the, if the Cowboys go fourteen and two. Sorry, man. I'm trying to trying to get my mind player going. But if that line can give him some juice, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap for the NFC East. He might not win MVP. He may or may not. He's gonna be. In, he's gonna finish top five this year. He's gonna finish top five. Now moving on to the surprising one. I'm explaining to you why I put at this guy too, not the next man two one one or vice versa. And number two, I got I got Patrick Mahomes, man. I'm gonna tell you why. He's not one. And why the guy one is at one and so forth. But to me, he might get voters fatigue, depending on how the other two individuals play throughout the season. But I think he has that going against them. I don't think he's gonna take a step backwards. I don't think he's throwing for fifty tubs this year. He may, but I don't think he is. I think he's gonna finish like around forty with about eight picks. This is MVP numbers, but the point is, I feel like some of the games he won't have to go too hard, so it's not gonna showcase his full ability 
throughout the entire case, the course of a whole 16-game season. I think that's what it is. I think they're going to have that division locked up because Chargers are looking like they done lost their juice they had. And that's it. Well, I mean, he does lead the league in passing yards and, and passing touchdowns, so that doesn't help. That doesn't help. But my number one and my MVP leader so far going into week three For me, a lot of people are not going to agree with it. It's Lamar Jackson. I know it's only two games. I'm just saying. He had that one game over 100 yards rushing. He had five tubs the first game. Then he had, And then he had this game yesterday. I mean, that's what MVPs do. He closed the game out. And then think about it. Think how he just finished that one, too. It's like, bro, how can, how can you not say Lamar is not the MVP right now? Me personally, I just think he's the MVP. He's the MVP of the league. It's not hands down. I just think so far Lamar's leading the MVP race, if you were to ask me. So that's it, guys. We're going to see definitely how week three wraps up and how that one ends and curtails. It's a beautiful football season so far. NFL has not disappointed. I want to give a big thanks and shout out to everybody that's listening on this podcast. This took every ounce of sweat of me, man. Literally, I've been sweating like I've been uh, having on that Missy Elliott shirt this whole time. Getting myself back together, and we'll bring it back next week. Peace.